Welcome to another episode of the Dead Serial Podcast. I'm your host, LJ. On this 34th episode of the series, I'm sitting down with Joe and Chris from the film school. Uh, you might remember Joe from previous episodes. I'm excited to introduce Chris on the podcast. If you didn't know, Dead Serial produces the film school. It's a YouTube channel for film reviews. And uh, whatever nerd shit Joe wants to do, it's his channel. Uh, outside of that, I've really been looking forward to this episode. So without further ado... Joe, you've been on before several times. This will be Chris's first time on the episode. But remind everybody who you are. Well, since I've been on before, let's let's let Chris go first. You, you, they've, yeah. they've heard me Two before. Two gentlemen there. Chris, Introduce please. yourself. Right on. Hi, I'm Chris. I'm from film school. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> on YouTube, subscribe. Subscribe. Like, like, and subscribe, please. Like and comment. Subscribe. Yeah. Yes, and right. comment. We need more comments. Like and subscribe. Sorry, my maybe, bad. Maybe what we do is, why don't you tell us what the film school is, Joe, and uh, well, where first of this all, came from. Maybe I should uh, uh, point out that the film school channel is a, a little hard to find on YouTube uh, because if you type in film school, you're going to get anything that has film school in the name, and there are a lot of channels that, that use that to, like, you know, like uh, discuss making the actual techniques of making a film, but uh, it works if you type in the U- the film school channel. That's all I can say about that. Basically, we're we're a uh, uh, film review station to, to channel to begin with. We're mainly just uh, at the moment doing mostly film reviews, some television reviews coming up, and we just like to discuss cinema and all things cinema and. And sometimes we want to break that down and discuss uh, more than just, you know, was a movie good or bad? We like to discuss things like uh, cinematographers and, and film editors and film composers and uh, directors. We also like to talk about techniques and, um, you know, and, and reference some, some uh, culty or, uh, you know, little gems that have slipped by you and things like that. So we're just kind of starting out, so it's all growing. And, We've got a pretty good production uh, behind us. I say pretty good because uh, we get a lot of grief from our producers. So that's right. You just got to be on time, you know. That's all. So we kind of like have this film school. Also, like we like to talk about films and older films. So maybe this new generation will actually watch these movies because a lot yeah. of the, a lot of these new generations just they don't care about these older movies, man. Like, it's true. It's. Never heard. If of they them. don't have CG, yeah, yeah, if they're in yeah, black and white, them, yeah. And, and I don't know why they're not getting these frame of references. I mean, I get it. If if you're not into film, if film is just an entertainment to you and you don't see the artistry there, because not everything appeals to everybody. I'm not a big sports guy, but I get that. But at the same time, I feel like yeah, you know, make a you know a reference to like Logan's Run to a 20 year old. They don't know what the hell you're talking no about. Idea. It's yeah. before my time is usually what I get, but. You go to those fountains in Fort Worth in Texas, and people don't realize why you want to climb all the way down to the center of it and pretend to dive into the pool. Yeah. See, with Nobody me, knows. Nobody knows. Uh, I, I loved movies well before my time, about, right? <laughs> they never die. I loved movies that were well before my time. So, yeah, one of our goal is to actually get people to uh, discuss and to pay attention to cinema and classics and cult classics and recognize good films and bad films because yeah, they you know they don't make films like they used to no yeah. like no uh, a lot of you know CGI now man like back in the 80s man that had nothing to go on with practical effects and stuff yeah, so there were there was, I mean the 80s is where the CG started 
to arrive, you know, when right. uh, young Sherlock Holmes, last Starfighter, well, like the 70s, Abyss, Willow. 80s. But for the most part, it was practical visual effects. And yeah, I to a certain degree, I agree with you, man. At least where Hollywood and the major studios are concerned, the art of cinema is dying because now they look, for the most part, like video games. If they're action-oriented superhero special effects movies. Um, on the other hand, the Hollywood also seems to focus in on a lot of like the uh, Oscar bait films too, which I get a little annoyed with because I don't want to watch a movie for one person's performance. <laughs> to it, you know, it should right. be it should be the film as a whole should be just a good enjoyable experience. There so. is no I in team. That's right, but there but is there an I in meat pie. But there is an I in meat pie, or meat is anagram of team. Shaun of the Dead. That's a Shaun of the Dead quote. All right, all right, we missed it. it. Fucking expecting Chris to get that one. Yeah, I waited Jesus for you to Christ. come in there. Sorry, dude. I'm kind of high. <laughs> on, on life, right? Well, no, no, we're we're on we're on uh, podcast. So yeah, no, no, we're, we're good. Oh yeah, no. So yeah, we we can, we can fucking swear People on this know one. Better. Yeah. You say whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm just I'm so used to the YouTube. Yeah. On the Welcome YouTube's, the it, you know, if, if you don't want to be censored, you got to kind of watch yourself. That LJ, that, got, that gummy LJ kind of put me in a... So anyways, yeah. <laughs> in fact, speaking of older movies, I mean, right now over at uh, BNN, I don't want to really plug any company per se, but over at BNN, they're having a... Uh, and you can figure that out. They've, they're having their um, uh, biannual Criterion Collection sale going on right now. You're always rapping about Criterion and mm-hmm. Shout Factory when you come on. And yeah, Shout Screen. Different physical editions you've been grabbing. Yeah, yeah. Aerial Video. Kino, KL Studio Classics, man. They're all of films. All these boutique uh, distributors, man. They're just... I wish the, bar, the BNN would just do a full-on sale on all these yeah, boutiques fact, at the same time. Screen Factory did a really cool um, San Diego Comic-Con of American Werewolf in London statuette. It's oh, a San really? Diego Comic Con exclusive because Screen Factory has a booth there, but it's cool. It's really cool. Wow. Are they um, going to redistribute that from Universal? I don't know. Because that res- restoration version just came out in 2016, and then in 2017 it got a, a Steelbook edition. So maybe, maybe they got the rights to it. I don't know. Hmm. To, I'm talking about San Diego Comic Con coming up yeah. on the 19th. I think it starts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like this what are you guys weekend. looking forward to? Hall H, Feige, <coughs> Marvel yeah. announcement, yeah. Phase Four. You know, it's kind of a shame that that Star Wars doesn't. They save their big announcements for Celebration now, yeah. so they don't D20 really do much the there. Yeah, because um, that used to be something to look forward to. But yeah, anything Marvel, anything DC, anything Doctor Who, anything Star Trek, uh, which I'm sure Picard, the upcoming Star Trek TV oh, series, right, right. Uh, which they've had the teaser for, which looks. I mean, it doesn't really give Most anything away. Right, they but, just released you know. with him and the pit, pit bull dog chilling in the cornfield. Well, the, well they did it, the, awesome. the uh, <laughs> vineyard. Uh, it, the teaser trailer just basically is uh, Picard walking through a vineyard, uh, which is was his father's vineyard. If you know TNG, you know his dad wanted him to not join Starfleet, but to stay in the yeah. family farm in rural France and make it to wine and uh, get drunk <laughs> well, on the wine. And TNG being the next generation. TNG next generation. For the non-Trekkie yeah. listeners. For the non-Trekkie. Yeah. Of course, uh, if, if if the 2009 movie didn't get you into Trek, I don't know what to tell you. But anyways, <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, so it just looks like the, through the dialogue, they're you know talking about how we left Starfleet and 
why and it just kind of leaves you on that note it's like that that'll be intriguing because i love patrick stewart so and i love picard so i'll watch it you know yeah. i don't care if it's just him making wine the entire time you think Worf's gonna make a cameo i do yeah, i hope patrick stewart's a badass I don't. I don't think Brent Spiner. I don't think Data. Well, Data died. And uh, spoiler here, uh, back in, <laughs> oh, in, in Nemesis, back in two thousand two, the one Star Trek movie with Tom Hardy. Well, it can't be a spoiler then. Tom Hardy's in that. Yeah, he's the clone of uh, Picard. Seventeen years really? ago. Yeah. If you haven't seen it by now. Yeah. Then too bad. So. <laughs> well, you guys just spoiled it for me. Day. I'm not upset or bummed. I think people. And it's got Ron Perlman in it, dude. What? What's Ron Perlman's in there yeah, too. Oh, yeah. What's the matter, LJ? You need to get on the shit, dude. Fuck. Well, we well, still he didn't need the Ron Perlman. Here's the thing. Hellboy three. Up until two thousand nine, LJ wasn't really a, a Star Trek fan. He was a Star Wars fan, and the two thousand nine film kind of kind of showed him how cool Trek really is. Uh, yeah, and no, even then, I don't think I, I I don't even think I think that movie's a good lead into the world of Trek, but I don't think it's a great Trek movie. The Kelvin timeline. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I got more into the Star Trek series when I was older, like, but like when I was a kid, I always enjoyed the you know the movies. TOS. Oh, really? You yeah, so you weren't really the movies into were the entertaining series, as a kid, right? but I never really so, like retained them. It was always okay. like background noise. You know, no, I mean, two thousand nine J.J. Abrams Star Trek. Was like, oh fuck! And Star Trek can actually be pretty, pretty cool. Dude, I obsessed so, over those movies. That and the animated Star Trek series. Especially when you're going oh, yeah. for Biff. I like TAS. I, I, I used to watch it reruns of it on Nick. I mean, it was before my time oh, by a couple of years, but I used to watch it reruns of it on Nickelodeon I need, back in the day. I need to pick up. I got this. Didn't they just release the animated on Blu-ray? In 2016, for the 50th anniversary, they released the complete. Original, the original series TOS and the animated series on and Next Generation complete series Blu-rays. Oh, oh, and Enterprise too. The big box. The big set, the big box set, the really awesome box set came with uh, the first ten movies. But anyway, I need to. It came with no. It came with the first six movies and TOS and TAS, and that's it. But but TNG got its own Blu-ray release, and so did Enterprise. I don't think they're going to go through that process with DS9, Deep Space Nine, and Voyager. Easy, Kirk. <laughs> Whoa. Let's take it down and hot there, bud. Get a little hostile. You're harsh and mellow, Oops. man. Um, well, let's get back to the film school yeah. real quick. Obviously, we're going to be rapping about movies on and off, wherever the conversation goes. But in regards to the film school and you guys being friends and jumping into it, doing film reviews, when did you guys all get into... The film, high school, junior high. I don't know. Ever since I was a kid, basically. Yeah, Sam. Uh, okay. I, I think. Was the TV your babysitter? Uh, you know, <laughs> like oddly enough, time to find that, and there's no, nothing wrong I, with that. I just watched a lot of <coughs> movies when I was a kid. I mean, like the first rated R movie I think I saw was the you know the James Cameron The Terminator in 1984. Hell yes. No, no, it wasn't that one. It was the Road Warrior. Road Warriors, like even the first R-rated Mel Gibson. movie. Yeah. yeah. I don't so know what my first R-rated movie is. I used so to long. just, yeah. I'm going to go Texas Chainsaw Massacre too. Back when the video stores HBO were still around. And Cinemax, yeah. Growing up. Yeah, I grew up with HBO. God bless cable. Like if yeah. I was, uh, back when video stores were still around. Yeah. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Oh, like yeah. If I was sick, my mom would go, go down to the video store and pick up a couple of movies, you know what I mean? <laughs> so. My mom wouldn't do that because I, I had the cable running in my room. So I could just have HBO going on, you know. But uh, 
I guess for me, it just, yeah, combination of sometimes it was a babysitter. I mean, I clearly remember the first time I ever saw Star Trek, and it was the episode uh, uh, Tomorrow Is Yesterday. Um, I remember my mom vacuuming and turning the TV on to just kind of keep me quiet for a minute. I mean, she's in the room with me. She's watching. Yeah, baby. She's trying to vacuum. Yeah. And she flips it on, and that's first thing it goes on to and I think she kind of figured well you know it's special effects my mom knows nothing about Trek she's not a sci-fi person at all and uh, I think she thought well you know he's, he likes Spider-Man my, my older brother at the time still collected comics and I was in the you know I, I didn't read them but I because I was a baby but I loved Spider-Man and I think my mom went oh spaceships he'll like this and, and it just <laughs> whoa like but I also believed what I was seeing on the screen was real for you know Oh, as a kid. As a child. Years, not right? even a kid, but like a child, like an infant to a to- you know, toddler, I guess. But yeah, I think it was about the time I was maybe eight that I kept seeing, noticing the name directed by at the end of a you know, credit sequence of every film, like directed by. What does that mean? What, what is all that? I know music. That makes sense. Yeah. I didn't know editing or you know, whatever, but... Uh, my mom got me this book, which I still have, called The Great Directors, that covers the silent era all the way up to the early 80s. So, I mean, this book has Kubrick and Polanski and Truffaut and Spielberg and Coppola, Scorsese, Capra, Hitchcock, Wilder, like, just right. nice. amazing filmmakers, and I still have it. And so, like, I, I mean, I knew about A Clockwork Orange before I ever saw A Clockwork Orange, but I knew about it before pretty much anyone else my age that I was hanging out with knew what that was, you know what I mean? Like... Just always had an interest in film and directing and the language of cinema. Why does this movie look better than this one? Why is this better is, than this one? The language of cinema is universal. The Maison song. Oh, that was cinema deep. is life. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> no, when I lived in San Diego, the independent theater there in uh, Hillcrest, um, it's kind of like the Broadway here, but um, yeah, like that was the saying the language of film is universal <laughs> the logo pops up <laughs> how long did you live in san diego three years what were you doing out there i'm fun just hanging out mm-hmm. inappropriate mouth gestures from joe like, like they saw, <laughs> like they saw <laughs> i think it was the second day i was living there um yeah i went to that theater i saw um it was around my birthday. I saw Memento, the Christopher oh, Nolan film. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Guy Pierce. So, yeah. did you move out there by yourself? Yeah. Okay. Well, my, my cousin lived there, so her roommate moved out, and I was like, all right, cool. I'll come down. I just... San Diego's fucking rad. Mm-hmm. Just headed Coronado's down. there. We, we were just oh, there yeah, and checked out the different museums and... Love it, man. We stay the Moxie. Should have never left. San Diego. Interesting hotel. You can always go back, man. Fuck. So expensive. Down <laughs> yeah, there. it's not San Francisco expensive. No, but fuck. It's pretty goddamn well, close. Comparatively, right? it's really not that much more expensive than it is here. So, because we're we're growing. It's because they're not going for Biff. No. Got to go for Biff. <laughs> Joe, where are you trying to go with the film school? What do you want to do, man? Uh, well, I just want to get to a point where I can engage with people and just have good uh, non-fanboy 
uh, conversations about films. And what I mean by that, politically biased. Not well, yeah, no, not really politically biased, Sorry. but more so <laughs> the uh, overly aggressive, opinionated thing. You know, where uh, everyone takes it personally and they feel like they have to defend something that you might not like that they love. Like, I love The Rocketeer. I've always loved that movie. But I know a lot of people that hate that movie. And when they tell me that, I don't take it personally. I don't care. We don't, you know, we don't have to like everything. But it's... it's, Everybody has their different taste. Yeah, but it's that you're an idiot because you don't like what's popular or the popular opinion or what I like. Like, right. that attitude, like, I definitely try not to bring to this channel, and so like, we try not to act that way. Like, well, like, fucking Game of Thrones, I mean, I, you know, I'm just not into that show. And yeah. it's like, everybody's like, what? You know, like, how I can you not like Game of Thrones? I'm like, because it's, I don't know. I just don't like it. Why do you not like some of the things I like? Yeah. You right. know? So, so does LJ but... fucking despise mayonnaise? <laughs> Just does. Because I well, that's because of you. Yeah, right. But that's because you Amen, both were brainwashed brother. by the commies, you know. Like, uh-huh. I don't like yeah, maybe you've been brainwashed every, by the uh, every left thinking. Every left thinking. Like Miracle Whip. Either, either, so. Well, nobody likes Williams. Miracle Whip. Miracle Whip doesn't even like Miracle Whip. It's not even mayo. It's like uh, blood and pus from a cow. I don't know. It's, right, it's so terrible. Moving, moving on. <laughs> right. No, I understand. <laughs> but I did want to make so. Like, like I've just always liked film, love film, but like, you know, like nowadays they don't, they don't frame a shot. At, like, no, it's all handheld, right? Yeah, well, yeah. It's, that's I mean, that's not well, totally true, but yeah, the majority in a sense, of it. It's pretty true, you though, know, right? I mean, well, I mean, like, huge, big, got a fucking spy, like, well, the latest, and... the new Spider-Man movie had some less of a handheld and more of actual, right? Shot and compositions, which is surprising. Spider-Man: Far From Home, but. You guys have a brand new episode of the Film School review yeah. up on that. Yeah. I think I somehow missed it. I thought I was going to be in on that episode, but... I don't know who, uh, shot, who shot that one. I don't know. Like, no uh, wonder it took him three takes. Nobody well, showed up. Well, you know, we figured... <laughs> I mean... We figured you you needed a break, so we just kind of take the reins. You know, you know all, but, all the great directors of, you know, Spielberg, Scorsese... Coppola. And Spielberg is going to be debated by some serious cinephiles yeah. as you know, being the killer of, of new Hollywood. That, and Kubrick, you know, you know I mean, right. just like, they just frame their movies so beautifully. And, right. You know, it's Every shot's with, thought about. Thoroughly. Yeah. Like, almost each it's shot like, is it's like the this, movie, right? It's like the simplest shot like in Taxi Driver where the camera pans down an empty hallway and he's on the phone. You know, right. You, like, it's I don't know why that shot's. I just love that shot, but you can, right. you can just feel you yeah. can feel his loneliness, and you know, it just I don't know. I just really. Well, and it's just it's very creative. P.T. Anderson uses that as well in right. uh, Punch Drunk Love. Uh, yeah, it's just you. Know, I don't know. Maybe you'd feel differently, but like when I was watching Sabata, right, like the Spaghetti Western from 1969 with Lee Van Cleef and William Berger. Sometimes they do these things where you're just like, okay, maybe on, in, a, in a logical way it doesn't make sense, but you can just feel the excitement of crafting this, putting together this film. You can just feel that. It's that moment where you're like, anything is possible in cinema, and you can go anywhere in a story, and and it doesn't have to be so contrived to being uh, a big summer blockbuster kind of event movie that everybody's going to feel good coming out, feel the same way. Sometimes it's, it's fun. You get excited by 
when a film can take you in directions visually and emotionally and story-wise that you just don't expect and you just know that the people making it just have a love and an understanding of how to do this. And for me, that, that's it's, it's thrilling. It gets the synapses rolling and the creativity right. flowing. And I'm like, that's the field that I should have been in, you know? Like, nobody, Get you in know, it. It, it takes a lot to set up a shot. I mean, it, it really does. It's, you know, all fucking day a lot of times, you know, just to set yeah. up this one two-minute shot or whatever. Back in 1994, <laughs> in the fall, there was a movie being shot here uh, called Unhook the Stars that has... Uh, Gerard Depardieu and um, Gina Rollins uh, and some other people. It's been so long since I've seen it, but they were filming. It was all filmed here. They were filming where the old Good Spirits Bar used to be in, in Murray, in the old city of Murray. Before my time. Uh, and the Good Spirits yeah. Bar. It, it, so where that used Crescent to be is now where the uh, hospital is. But anyways, they were filming this movie right off of the State Street, right? And I mean... Me and a couple of friends just walked down there. I stood behind Gerard Depardieu about as far away as LJ is. And he'd look back and wave and say, hi. And I was like, a pure formality was amazing, man. Because I was brand new at the time. I was from uh, Giuseppe Del... What's his name? Uh, the guy who directed Cinema Paradiso. God, I always forget his name. Anyways. Yeah. Um, it's above my pay grade. One shot. One shot. LJ. One shot, one scene of dialogue between two characters, but they, they were doing a shot, reverse shots. So they're filming the scene from each actor's perspective, right? Kind of like my dinner with Andre. So they would have to take everything down and set it up in another location, you know, and, and just in a different angle to get the other character's uh, right. reaction. Yeah. And they'd have to hose down the street again. They'd have to Do move the lighting. And it just, yeah. it is very time consuming if you're doing it right because it looks good. You know, um, where handheld for me is kind of cheap. It's like jump cuts during fight scenes, like quick, ed quick editing, shaky camera during fight scenes, where you can't really see what the hell's going on. Is to me, it's kind of cheating. You talking about the Michael Bay phenomenon? <laughs> I'm talking about a, that. The Bourne movies mm -hmm. tend to do that. Yeah, uh, there's a big Peter blur of action. Yeah. Anymore, it starts to put me to sleep. I can't focus, and I just start to yawn and like literally fight off sleep because I can't. <laughs> And Godzilla, King of the Monsters, did a little bit of that, which was which was one of the negative points on that for me, even though I, I still enjoyed it. But, yeah, there's there's a craft to making a film. I saw a friend of mine post uh, a, a short comedy sketch on YouTube that the dialogue was funny, the acting was good, but the cinematography just left a lot to be desired. Like, you could do so much more. It's a visual language, you know? Experiment. Yeah. Overall, you're looking at it the entire time. Yeah. Don't try and That's make it a, a multi-camera sitcom setup. That works for sitcoms because nobody watches sitcoms for the artistry. They watch it for the jokes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, so when did, when did Steady Cam come out? Did, uh, Late 70s. Did Vilmos, didn't Vilmos do it for Blowout? Like, yeah, but Blowout was 81. Like, uh, okay. they used it, Kubrick used it in The Shining in 80. Yeah. Uh, they also used it... Uh, I, just, I don't know, I just really like that. It's the late 70s. Yeah, no, Steadicam is... The, it's, it's, there seems to be this misconception that a shaky camera is more gritty and realistic as if that's how documentaries are shot. And if you yeah. go back and you look at most documentaries, they're not necessarily shot like that. Maybe segments of the documentaries are but not not a whole documentary but also 
unless you've got, and I'm not trying to be funny here because it's a very serious thing, but unless you've got some kind of muscle, you know, degradation, some kind of disease like MS or something where you can't control the, your, your body, the world doesn't look that way. It's more like the Steadicam. The Steadicam is patterned after your your body, your head weight, and your body weight. You know what I mean? So it's By more fluid. Vision. It looks more or less how we as humans perceive things. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, the shaky cam thing is just... its I don't feel like film students are learning techniques anymore. I feel like they're more learning about maybe the digital camera process and editing more so than how to frame a shot uh, and how to uh, leave a lasting image. You know, I mean, unless you're Michael Bay, where you're the school of dynamic shots mixed with jump cuts and do extreme you, editing. Do you, know? you feel like you, at, with the film school, could use that as a tool to motivate individuals to well, study I, film in, in actuality with good critique and an open conversation as to that I mean, was I'm really fucking to. awesome? No, that was shit. <laughs> I'm hoping to. I mean, I got to be honest, like, I probably wouldn't look at cinema the same had I not um, uh, essentially gone to the end of some of the independent cinemas around town uh, to see some cult movies and then see trailers for other movies that you know weren't playing at megaplexes and they're like, yeah. "Whoa, what's this?" Which uh, led me into exploring things at the library I used to work at, as well as the local blockbuster video that I used to work at. Uh, and, Good old blockbuster. And yeah, I worked. I worked at Video Burns. Nice. I, I worked yeah. at Video Burns yeah. for a yeah. day, for one day, and then Blockbuster <laughs> called me back. Shout out Video Burns. Video Burns. I still have my shirt. Video Burns was great, dude. I love Video Burns. I love yeah, them hilarious. because well, they would so take great today. Well, they would take any video that would come in and rent it, even if it wasn't for rent. If it was supposed to be for sale, they'd still All rent right. it. I miss, <laughs> so. I miss that shit, man. Going in, getting rent tapes. Well, there's a, luckily for you, there's one mom and pop's grandma. video shop left in Utah. Free popcorn. In in Provo or uh, uh, Woods Cross, I think. No, Bountiful. Yeah, there's a video shop there. I've been to it. Like like VHS or what? Or just no Blu-rays, DVDs, 4Ks, video games. They sell used. Movies as well. Terrible selection. But you can go rent physical copies. <laughs> I mean, they had Stan and Ollie there for rent. I got, and so, yeah, they had a, quite a few things. Hmm. I was very surprised. Good selection. Small, very mom and pops. Employees who really don't want to be there. Uh, teenagers, you know. But I was like, that's pretty cool. <laughs> Hire me. I'd, come, I'd drive. I'd commute every day to go work in a video shop again. So much fun. That's a job you could work at. Or people as as don't be the manager. People don't give you grief about wanting to talk about movies all the time, right? I mean, right. if you're working construction and all you're talking about is movies, people are going to get on your ass, you know. But, right. but I, I don't like, know. I throw out quite a few movie quotes. Right, but there's a time to talk about movies and there's a time to talk about business. Appropriately all the time. <laughs> you well, know what I'm saying? You're on the construction side. You got to be as inappropriate as you can. But you don't know that. You don't know that quote. But I mean, back to film. Uh, I really enjoy the uh, long shots of them as like doesn't have any cuts, like the beginning shot of Boogie yeah, Nights. Just a one shot. Where it can, or you know, touch of evil. Peach, yeah, touch of evil. Yeah, it was good like, fellows. Really good. Yeah, dude, the one shot in but like, season one of True Detective with Matthew McConaughey is fucking phenomenal. Yeah. Oh yeah. Very yeah. Cool. 
fucking sick. But P.T. So, Henderson does that a lot in his films. He's got a lot of those long shots that don't have cuts. Like, there's a really cool frame shot, and there will be blood, where it's, the camera's come down on the ground and shoot him out in the field or whatever. Yeah. It's, it's just one long shot. I, I don't know. I thought I thought it was cool. Well, to understand... I feel, I feel like to really understand um, where I think Chris and I's passion for the visual medium comes from, I think you really have to go back to Citizen Kane. If you look at that movie now, in 1941, you know... Or, George Orwell? Yeah. No, Kane? no. Citizen Kane... Orson Welles. Orson Welles, that's George Orwell. Not 1984. I got a Criterion release, by the way. But anyways... Easy. Uh, Citizen Kane, if you watch that movie... Uh, films weren't shot like that at the time right um and that movie really opened up with the possibilities of what you can do with a camera and believe it or not i mean that's that the brain reacts to to the visuals right yeah and the scenes that stick out in your mo in your mind the most when you walk out of a theater are the scenes that have the most visual stimulation and i don't mean just bombarding you with visual effects or psychedelic like colors and things <laughs> i mean the way a film it can bring you in just by the way it's shot. You can have a film of just people sitting around at dinner, my dinner with Andre. Right. You can still get creative with the way it's shot, you know? Yeah. Even though that's a lot of reverse sh shot, you know, shot, reverse shot dialogue, like Coen Brothers dialogue, you know? Really but, <laughs> so I think, I think if you want to really kind of understand uh, where modern filmmaking uh, had gone and where it's kind of lacking i really think it does start with citizen kane i think you should check that out and just study it even if you think the story is boring just look at the way it's filmed and, the, and how it tells its story through just in flashbacks and odd narrative it's just well, amazing just even, even use of light and shadow and like the, the camera moves like into the like snow globe or whatever mm -hmm. well the first shot where yeah. the camera pans up it does which you know john carpenter does beautiful shots like that the beginning of escape from new york where it's right. just Going up the, the the wall or the fog after uh, America's favorite old fart. I forget the actor's name. The uh, John John Hausman, who was a member of Orson Welles's uh, Mercury Players. How after he tells his story on the beach, the camera just does that long pan up. Like it's just it's beautiful. It's breathtaking because you're in a movie. You know I don't. I'm not a fan of the Dogma ninety five movement. I'm not a fan of the gritty ultra realism because. Unless it's an actual documentary and you're capturing real spontaneity, doesn't matter how much you try and strip it back to make it real, a film is not real. It's manipulation. It's uh, an exploitation. It's entertainment Perhaps and art. Perhaps a uh, good analogy would be a hallucination from Mysterio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> By the way, too, I, I, there's, a, there's a YouTube channel that I love. It's called Every Frame the of Film Painting. School. Well, Sorry. definitely the film school. <laughs> But this one is called Every Frame of Painting by two people who are actually uh, in the industry or getting in the industry, an editor and a graphic designer who now work in the industry. And uh, th I think this was done possibly for for school. I don't really know the history of, the, of this channel. They only did like 20-some-odd videos over five years, and they got over a million subscribers because it's like a mini film course. They do an episode about the long take. And they tended to focus on something that I've always enjoyed with Spielberg's version of the long take. Is he does it in every movie, the one shot, the, the one or the long take, but he never draws attention to it. Where everybody else wants to get super flashy and notice how cool my unbroken 
take JJ Abrams. Right. Here's a lens flare. <laughs> that Super goes eight. on yep. for five and a half, six minutes. No. Spielberg, on the other hand, he doesn't draw attention to it. He uses it the way... That's one thing I've always thought was ironic about people's criticism of Spielberg for destroying the American New Wave, New Hollywood movement, is he's still one of the last living filmmakers who is a practitioner of the old techniques. I mean, he's moving more forward, but he does... Back in the day, the long take was just used uh, mostly to move the story along in a cheap fashion, right? If we can just keep filming these actors talking and just move the camera around and we don't have to worry about editing that, we don't have to worry about cutting, you know, like we can just... It's, it's practical. And then it became a stylized thing. And Spielberg is still doing it, but he does it in a way that nobody talks about him as a guy who does it. Nobody's like jerking off over his, you know, his, his long takes like they do Orson Welles and P.T. Anderson and Martin Scorsese and these guys. And I'm not dissing those guys because they're, they're amazing shots, but um, I, th I think Spielberg is my favorite guy to do that. But I love the way his movies look. So it doesn't matter anyways. I'll, I'll go and I, see what I movies. just love them all because I grew up with them oh, yeah. when I was a kid. Yeah, Spielberg is definitely Jones, a favorite of mine e. as well. Yeah. Close Encounters of Third Tip. Yeah, he was third. Third guy. Thank you. Yeah, yeah <laughs> Vilma Zygmunt's cinematography, man. Yeah. Close Encounters is awesome, dude. What about the soundtrack on that? Was John Williams? John Williams, yeah. 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 I mean, amazing. The only reason why yeah, John I picked Williams... up that bio, I found it at a fucking the DI dude. Seriously, <laughs> close encounter. Perfect. Well, I found the ET. Yeah, you found wow. the ET one. Yeah. But my ET like comes. It's got a picture disc for the soundtrack. It comes with a, a storybook that has the dialogue and the music written on there. And the storybook, the music is John Williams scored, but reinterpreted by Quincy Jones with Michael Jackson narrating, and he sings <laughs> an original song. Uh, which now is a little hard for me to listen to uh, because, uh, I, you know, I'm sorry. I watched Leaving Neverland, and I got to say, I, I think he's a little, little pedophile for a me, little, you know, a little, yeah. little, little yeah, rapey. I haven't watched it for a reason. Yeah, it will it. change your perspective. So, and you're man, either going to believe it or you're not going to watch it. it was, I've heard, <laughs> and I believe it. So heard from a lot of people. It just <laughs> kind of destroys the childhood, so I think I'm just going to. Pass on that one. <laughs> well, how often do you listen to him? What else are you going to so. do at that point? I'll listen to some more so Jackson 5 to Michael Jackson, I think, these days. <laughs> I don't know. Off the Wall was before any of this stuff started happening, so I can still... But then, you know, do you... Do you... Hey, hey, Mr. Ranger, sir. It's, it's hard because <laughs> I can't... Uh... Do I hate the art because of the person? I don't know. Some of the world's greatest artists were just assholes, you know? Maybe not rapists and pedophiles, but certainly assholes, probably chauvinists. More than likely. Salvador Dali yeah. was probably an asshole. Pablo Picasso like was probably one. an asshole. But yeah, YouTube, film school. Well, yeah, going back to the film like, school. Comment. Like, comment. Like, comment, subscribe. I think, I think what, I, what we'd like <laughs> to eventually get into... Brother out. <laughs> Help, yeah, help a couple of brothers out. Because I think what we'd like to, like to eventually get into is, is start... because yeah, nobody likes me. Yeah, yeah. There it is again. No, I think we'd like to... Anyways. Get to a point where we can maybe start making some short films and putting some short film content on there. And I, uh, 
footage from our Comic-Con and whenever we have directors like Don Coscarelli coming to a theater, Don Coscarelli, director of John Dies at the End, Boba Hotep and Phantasm, came to one of our theaters. I filmed oh. for a Q&A. You know, it'd be nice to... You should have started with oh. Phantasm. <laughs> Kids don't know anyways. I'm just, I'm just fucking with you. Goddamn. <laughs> I think... Uh, it's tough, tough crowd. Settle down. Tough crowd tonight. Fucking settle down <clears throat> if you shoot me in a dream you better wake up and apologize I'm in the goddamn yeah, club oh, aren't right. I so love that so line dude amazing. love that line so amazing that's one of the best movies ever I'm in the yeah. movie's great it is like if I have to break in the movie back when scary Shane, movies run up to October with Shane Black matinee popcorn and monster squad well I it, I was telling to, Chris, earlier, I think uh, I think in October there's only two new movies that we're really going to focus on reviewing, which would be Joker and uh, Zombie Line Double Tap, and the rest will be part of the Scary Movie Month tradition that I've been doing for two decades now, yeah. uh, and we'll we'll just uh, do re- reviews of some of our favorite horror movies, kind of like what we did on on yeah for the Halloween special, the Halloween special. Uh, but you know more Fuck, condensed. You got to start plotting now. The new Halloween special. <laughs> yeah, you gotta get out of time. Not really. We got a couple. Three months. months. Yeah, three months. That's yeah. good. That's plenty of time. That's not plenty of time. If I motivate, <laughs> I'll get you motivated. Smoke ten. this, you'll get motivated. <laughs> ten years. Ten, 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 ten years. I just watched. Ten years. Just watched. Bing, 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 bing. Popcorn. Not high fidelity. Gross point blank. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, about ready to get slapped. Uh, yeah, that's a big difference in John Cusack <laughs> yeah. flicks right there. All right, film score. Where, where can we find you on YouTube? You can't come in. You can't come in. You're wandering. Now. Sorry, gross point blank, man. Anyway, YouTube, YouTube, uh, film school, the film school channel, right, Joe? Yeah, I mean it's just called the film school, but the best way to find it is to add that channel. Well, I think Chris at some point is going to launch an Instagram account for the film school as well, too, to get the word out. Yeah. Maybe. Sweet. I need to get on that. I'm sorry. Fucking I should probably Chris. get on that on the, on the on the face puke. I don't hipstagram, but I face puke. So kind of hate social that. media, but yeah. if you want people to tune in. <laughs> anyways, anyways. Well, real quick, just to go back to sort of what the overall goal is, is, yeah, we, we'd like to get it to a point where we can... Uh, have good discussions with people who truly love cinema and we can talk on a really, on a deeper level I think yeah. we, I, come on Generation Z you gotta start watching these old movies yeah it's how, just, how else do you learn to move forward without looking back I mean you know, we're all dressing like it's the 80s and that's all retro not, right now not, but you weren't I'm there not, I'm not bagging on the Generation Z it's just like come on you guys you need to broaden your horizons a little bit yeah so yeah, movies began before the 90s and before Tarantino. I mean, I know that's a mind-blowing concept, but, right. exactly. you know, um, and, and what's ironic, too, is, I mean, this retro 80s thing is all hip with the with the kids, but uh, so many of the popular movies that are still happening that are getting rebooted and remade Stop are from, right. from the, the era of the 70s and 80s, you know. I don't More mind so the, the Disney live-action remakes of the animated movies. Those, that, that's, that's pointless. That, but whatever. Why if you do, want it? To do it? That's fine. But don't remake shit. Just stop well, but no. But that's the shit. whole point. Is why? 
Because now you remake Logan's Run, it's going to fucking suck. It will suck. It'll be fucking terrible. Yeah, because in Logan's Run, they use the fucking model effects like they didn't escape from New York. That's what yeah. they need Nowadays, to go back they're gonna make to. More practical like, effects. Right, and it'll make it look like a goddamn video yeah. game. But all the Marvel And they're not going to have Ernest Laszlo doing the cinematography. Well, well, look at it this way, LJ. Like, this is what we're talking about. Kids will now go see the new CG Lion King, and they'll go see that with the photorealism, and they'll go see the live-action Aladdin, and they'll never see the animated films, Disney which are superior. I don't, I don't dollars. have to see the the live-action Beauty and the Beast to know Iconic. that the 1993 yeah. animated movie, the one best picture is or best animated picture, is going to be better. You know, I don't need to see this. Uh, a live action Jungle Book to oh, know I mean, that the original is better. It's the same. It's the same shit. Bill Murray is all CGI bear, lions and bullshit. Yeah, he's he's know. blue, and that's, that's it was it was it was entertaining. But I mean, no, King Louis. I, I will take the original. King Louis, dude. That was pretty no, fucking random. No, Louis Prima's King Louis. That's King Louis, man. And it's not that I'm resistant. <laughs> it's just you can't get better than that. Oh shh. All right, God, that's enough. That's enough, that's enough out of you. Why am I the old school radio drama sound effects? <laughs> Throw some in there. Break a fucking glass. And, and also, one thing on the film channel that we're going to get into, uh, <laughs> we, we I do want to talk about television shows too, like fun shows like uh, Stranger Things and uh, maybe some of the Marvel and DC shows. You know, maybe not in great depth, not like movies. I want to explore movies more, but uh, television's always going to be there because. I mean, I have to talk about Doctor Who. Like that's that's your baby. That's my thing. So my baby. you know, we, it it can't Doctor. be ignored. So you know, and Chris also watches Doctor Who, so he'll be able to talk with me. I've got other friends like my buddy Frank that I want to bring on sometime and get into some classic Who because, like me, he's grown up with the show. So yeah, nice. So fun things uh, to look forward to on the channel. I think me thinks. And a new Instagram account, more Facebook content coming. Yeah. yeah. Stay tuned. The film school is going to be huge. <laughs> yeah. And just so you know, now that we're kind of getting into the summer lull, uh, where they're not going to be putting out as many uh, movies that are probably worth running to the megaplex to see, we're going to start doing more reviews of classic movies and cult movies during when you, that time. And you mentioned that, and throw it, throw it down. And yeah. I mean. Everybody's always worried about throwing these time constraints on when they release stuff, which I, mean, I do understand, but... Maybe for new, new, new. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this movie... Why well, can't you go back this. and throw something out? Yeah. This was made in the 70s. There's an orgy, you know, there's a practical <coughs> orgy scene in here. It's PG. baby. It's PG. Yeah, there so was... Why can't they do that rest. shit nowadays? <laughs> well, Fuck. You know why? It's because this movie's never been resubmitted to the film... For the MBAA, if it had well, been, fuck the it'd be PG thirteen. Everybody's like Logan's Run, man. Just let it go, let it fly through. It's a good movie. Good old Michael York, or as I know him, Basil Basilax Basil Oh my gosh, he is Basil. But what does it all Poison mean? Poison cocksuckers. It, it is shit. Uh. It is shit, Austin. <laughs> mm, That's coffee tastes him. like shit. Holy That's because shit. it is it shit. Is shit. <laughs> Amazing. All right, guys. Well, I appreciate you coming on. Thanks for having us, man. Yeah, it's it. long it. overdue since I wanted to do it at launch. Just, just oh, the film okay. school. Yeah, yeah. Just remember how much I love you, LJ. So. Well, nobody hates you, dude. You're a good man. Chris. Nobody hates Show, you. You're a good man. <laughs> I, I, I never said that, but but thank you. Yes, film school. Like, comment, like, subscribe. Like, subscribe, please. YouTube. Join us. YouTube. Join us. Engage us. Uh, we don't get a lot of comments right now. We're, we're trying to get more because I want to talk to people. I want to 
get an, a, an interaction going and build an engage audience. Engage your audience. I want to engage the audience and get a get an audience that is just passionate about film and not elitist about it, like I only watch foreign films or not uh, generic about it. I only watch trending movies, like just just general movie love, right? Let's show let's show love to the art of cinema. Let's show it the love. <laughs> love the Film School Channel. The Film School Channel. Only on YouTube. Chris, any final words? Like, subscribe. Comment, like, and subscribe. Yeah, Jesus, I can't get it right. Fucking never get it right. God damn it. <laughs> I can't do anything right. Fuck. I had a blast recording this episode with the guys from the film school. I hope it gave everybody an opportunity to get to know Joe a little bit more and a, a nice introduction to Chris. Please check out the film school on YouTube, especially if you dig film reviews from a, an open-minded perspective and a little sprinkle of nerdum. Uh, we were a little inebriated, which is pretty much par for the course on the Dead Serial Podcast. I appreciate you guys tuning in. I'm going to leave you with uh, an old school track tonight, and we'll see you next time.